speaking. And... <laughs> Are you going to? Are you actually going to commit to it? Or I'm going to try to. I when's mean, your, that, we, were talk, it's, it's, we were talking about New Year's weeks, resolution. Right? What's up? It's in a couple weeks, right? Yeah, it's um, it's uh, two weeks from this coming Friday. So, Fair I mean, enough. we got we got a few few days, and man, I'd love nothing more than to get a birthday present ten or eleven days before it actually happens. But I I can't believe before the season started that I'd ever be uttering this phrase on a episode of this podcast. But guys, TCU is going to play for a national championship. Holy yeah. hell. I mean, yeah. I hate that it had to happen against <laughs> you, Tyler. I hate that it had Congrats, to happen against your team. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that is what it is. Anyways, uh, I it, guess we'll get to the fun part. So we were ta- starting with a drink counter for last night before we get too far into this. Okay. I know I had two. Cam? I, I had four. Cam out? Did you, Tyler? He did. He did. Really? I didn't drink too hard. I didn't drink too hard. I look my I think my grandmother outdid all of us. So that's fine. <laughs> How much did she have? Like three full cups of fireball. I mean, she <laughs> killed fireball, man. It was insane. God. No it no laughing way. I, I mean I, I did it up I did listen, it up. Big, I wish but... I could I wish I could prove it. I really do. It is that's it what the camera's unreal. for. You've got a camera on your phone. You've got to be dude, recording that. I was I was in shock. <laughs> hey, look, I'm just saying, the highlight of my year happened at 12.01 this morning. All right, so. <laughs> okay. The highlight right. of I the guess, year. I guess out of the three of us, I guess I win. Um, I uh, My number was five. Yeah. I uh, No, it was actually really funny. We were sitting there this morning, and we'll talk about this later, but um, we were sitting there, and as the ball was dropping, um. As the ball was dropping, the, the they were lining up to kick, and then the timeout was called. I was like, "Man, they might fucking, they may kick this right at the start of the year." <laughs> so this is and the ball actually, dropped, and then the, thirty seconds later, they kicked the field goal. Depending upon depending upon how like quick or slow your like cable YouTube TV or whatever was, some saw it like in sync, some saw it like just before the new year. Mm-hmm. Most of us uh, saw the ball hit zero as the kick is sailing left. It was like really like yeah. m- like split frame by frame almost, which one finished first. Um, yeah, no, it was it was. That, that's crazy, the craziest because I, you know, when when I was a kid, I remember the Chick Fil A bowl would always be New Year's Eve, and it would always be like at night. And being on the East Coast, I always wondered. You know, what if this game starts and doesn't finish until like, like right at midnight or whatever? And like, literally, you're at a game that started one year and didn't finish until like the very next year. That that was like always as a kid that amazed me that that could happen, and it pretty much did. You you could say then that you were at a game that lasted a year. Yeah, you were at a game. You the game went so long that it it took a whole year off of you. Oh. <laughs> Unbelievable. But no, so my my drink counter was five, which I guess the uh, I guess equates to about every ten TCU points or so for every one drink that I had. The game comes down to this: Noah Ruggles, a transfer graduate from North Carolina, Odessa, Florida, six two one ninety. 
kick it from the 40. Kicking left from the near hash, a 50-yard try to put Ohio State in front. Snap, hold, kick, goofy calling that game <laughs> i do i legitimately don't know if he was trying to stifle laughter hey which ones did you pull up cam so i know which ones wednesday. i need to pull up the wednesday ones yeah cool. Same oh as I normally wind up doing. goodness so. man so that was uh that was... i i think nobody better to to say happy new year than than in that call there right yeah no that was well, i didn't say happy new year and I think we should say Happy New Year to a special guest in studio. I'm curious as to what's happening here. I, I think we're being hijacked. Our show I, is being hijacked. Well, here's what... Happy I New think, Year, Colin. Happy New Year. Here's what I'm uh, jumping in here for. I just wanted to get some quick thoughts in uh, while you guys are talking about this because tomorrow is going to be really hard to be able to fit everything in the show with what's about to happen in the NFL today. Thank goodness the Bills and Bengals is Monday night, not tonight, because then yeah. it would just be a two-hour worth show. So I just wanted to jump in here, get thoughts. First off, the first thing I want to say is all four playoff teams deserve to be there. All four playoff teams were clearly the best four teams in the country, and all four playoff teams had amazing seasons. Um, uh, of course, I think my team did have the worst season out of the four, and I think that's pretty clear. But I, I'm I'm wearing my colors proudly. I have no shame in losing that game. Definitely had a little bit with with how we lost against Michigan, but that transitions me to talking about Michigan. It sucks that that happened to Michigan for a second year in a row, but I mean how this coaching staff, how Jim Harbaugh has handled everything and how, how great of a hire both Mike McDonald and Jesse Minter is, how great of a job Sherrod Moore has done the last two years. I mean, they, they might have the best coaching staff in all of college football right now. Staff as a whole. George is pretty close. I love Todd Munkin. I think he got way too much hate in the past. He's so creative. But uh, I just, yeah, I mean, both losers played exceptionally well and had exceptionally great seasons. And both the winners, especially TCU, are having amazing seasons yet again for Georgia. But TCU, it's been a long time coming. And that's why I've been telling people for the last uh, however many hours, 28, 16 hours since that game went final. Yeah, just about. I've been telling everybody, like, this is the history of TCU the last 25 years. And they felt like they were right there many times, and now they're finally getting their shot. 
Yeah, it's it's tough. You know, I mean, obviously, we'll talk more about it here in a in a minute. I've I've been on for you know quite a while this season talking about this team. It was the one that needed to get the chance for the teams that didn't get a fair shake. The 2014, the 2010 team that went and won the Rose Bowl. You make an argument for for the 09 team that played Boise in the Fiesta Bowl. You know, this this was the team that maybe didn't, in my opinion you know, wasn't quite up there with those teams that could have won a national championship, but hell if they're not going to get their shot. And I mean, I'm still completely flabbergasted with, with everything that's happened this season and, you know, just over the moon really. Yeah. And understandably so like TCU was not expected to do this this year. 200 like, to one odds before the season started I, I think to, win, to make it to the has... national championship. I, I think the only one of us who had TCU even remotely close to this, and even then he didn't have them this close, was Tyler. So good call there. And I can't, kudos, can't point the right way. Kudos to TCU there for <laughs> proving us all wrong. Yeah, no, I was the only one who had them anywhere close to 10 wins. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it is what it is. I was uh, – like I said uh, multiple times, they're, they're a hell of a team. They deserve to win. They came out and, and kicked our ass from the beginning. I mean, we didn't didn't deserve to win. And I can look at a few things that, that definitely didn't go our way in terms of calls, but that's the same in every game. Every, everybody has that situation. You got you to be able to answer. We didn't answer from being punched in the mouth from from play number one. So, I mean, there was no, no true uh, – well, really, actually, after our first possession, we didn't have any answer. Um because whoever the fuck called that play on fourth downs dumb. So yeah, I, I I don't know what what the play call there was supposed to be. If you take your three there, then you only need a field goal at the late in the game. You run the ball at the middle, just like you've done yeah. every other every yeah. other play with success on that position. Yeah. I don't know that, that why really. You don't I feel impose like, your will physically on the first possession of the drive. I don't think that game. I I don't think that turned the momentum, but it certainly it kept TCU in it. I think the pick six was really what kind of said, okay, we've, we've actually got a chance when we got that stop, there was still some doubt and, you know, it's like, well, it's a long game, but that pick six really kind of, you know, flipped the script, if you will. Talk about momentum swings. If you were playing and, and drinking, <laughs> if you were playing a drinking game where you just take a drink every single time or, or shot or whatever, every single time, momentum switched you were definitely feeling it midway through the, between both games you were definitely feeling it midway through the second quarter of that first game and that's why this is just without a doubt the best semifinals we've ever seen yeah. without a I, doubt we'll see how the the championship and i don't want to get ahead of ourselves we got a week and a half to talk about so, it like, so much yeah but i mean george is opening up as a 13 and a half point Wednesday. favorite which is interesting to me but i i just we'll i, I come back that. to I got to come back to this simple question because I kind of know how to answer it. Where does this rank? Like, because I know your initial reaction, Tyler, is going to be a lot different within the first 24 hours or 48 hours. But where does this rank as far as losses that hurt you? I I probably towards the top, one of the top three easily. I mean, the Michigan State game doesn't hurt me because I really I wasn't even there. I I was out that night, so I I didn't didn't get to watch the the uh, the punt that got the lack. Didn't we have like a? Didn't we have like a school dance that night or something? 
I think I was at homecoming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I didn't know that. The the other one on my mind is the 2016 OSU game, and then and then this one's up there just for the sake of of how it happened and what we were supposed to do in this game. And yeah. the second half showed what we were supposed to do. If we could have picked something up in the first half, it probably would have mm-hmm. looked different. Or mm-hmm. hell, we may have scored 70. I don't know. I just know that if we could have turned some things around in the first half, it would have been would have been a lot better but uh, i got yeah. i got to give credit to colin he did he did correctly say that the winner was going to be above 50 and i didn't really realistically <laughs> see a, a path to that i really didn't i did predict michigan to score 45 points i will put that out there i definitely predicted because i thought well i actually i think i said 44 so not exactly 45 well you said 50 plus I no, I, I said I, I I exaggerated and said, "quote They're going to hang half a hundred on them," and I think I mentioned something after Donovan Edwards uh, had that fifty-three yard rush to start the game. I'm like, BJ, were you thinking after that one play, like an overreaction fan thing, like I did as a college football fan, like this one's not going to be good after that one play? That one play was like, well crud because I, I know how good they are. I know how good their rushing attack is going to be. And if they're doing that first play, you know, we've got to make quick adjustments or else this game's going to get out of hand. Um, I wasn't yeah. kind of like the sky is falling, but after that play, it was, it was very surprising that they didn't put any points on the board. Like you, you put yourselves in, in prime position. And I mean, again, it, it just comes down to like Tyler said, we, we can, you know, we can talk about this all we want. In, in fact, like here, I guess we'll go ahead and do this since we're kind of talking about it. <laughs> yeah. we, we already discussed it. We might as well just take them down. Yeah. You, I know, just say. you know, the one thing that shocked me the most about this is how well TCU ran the ball. Like yeah. uh, we, I thought we ran the ball decently well against Michigan, yeah. but we didn't really commit to it. And when we started getting down, Ryan Day does what he does. But I was very impressed with just how Kendra Miller was able to handle, you know, running the ball. Yeah. He goes down and mm-hmm. Mercado comes in and looks even better. Yeah. And I've, I've been, just... I mean, I like when you, when we, we had little minor disagreements earlier on, I, I was telling you when Kendra Miller went down, just, you know, being able to see what, what was the, you know, behind him, Dave Mercado is a fantastic back as well. You know, last year it was Zach Evans and Kendra Miller that were, you know, getting the lion's share of it all. And, and it, it, you know, it doesn't feel like we've lost as much as it, as it felt like at the time when Zach Evans transferred out. Um, And now it's kind of like, wow, Zach, you know, you stuck around, maybe you get to play for a national championship, but (laughs) Uh, no, I, in all honesty, though, I was I was completely surprised when when Kendry went down. I really thought it was going to be kind of similar to what we saw the last couple of weeks of the regular season in the Big 12 championship, that it was going to be, you know, Max was going to have to make plays. Dave Mercado, fantastic, stepped up, had several big runs that just gashed. And I, I was, you know, I was completely surprised by that. Um and and then you know what I think was the ultimately won this the game that third down and and like six or third and long, early fourth quarter Michigan's got all the momentum they've scored two touchdowns in a row it's a three point game third down you get your defense off the field you got a chance to go down and, and take the lead for the first time in the game and the the little out route or underneath the drag route to Quentin Johnston makes his man miss and he's just jogging up the sideline he is not even full sprinting. 
and he still scores without anybody being near him. I mean, he's he's going to be a top ten pick in the NFL draft. He's just I want him so to be a Chicago good. Bear. I want him to be a Chicago Bear, and I'm you know after this, I'm going to go put on my Fields jersey and. <laughs> Go. Uh, I I probably can't watch it if I can't get red zone because I haven't paid for it, but I'll still be wearing it. And I I want him to be a Chicago Bear. If I'm drafting any receiver, it's like, okay, I guess Jason would work, but I'm not sure if he really fits because what we really need is a dominant X, and Quentin Johnson can do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I want him as a Chicago Bear next year. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think we're going to trade down from that number two pick. If Jalen Carter's there on the board, I think we're taking him. Mm, but which would be smart? That'd be fine. Yeah, I mean he's a lot. They they were talking, and I don't want to get into this game quite yet. But they were talking about the game about how Jalen Carter's name is hardly called. I'm like, well, yeah, he's an interior defensive lineman. He was impacting virtually every single play yesterday, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. just the truth. He was he eating up double sack, teams and chips so and all tough this. To attack to sack Stroud that, you know, his pressure was felt though significantly. Yeah. Um, but I just, man, I, like I knew TCU was really good and I thought they would be able to have success offensively a little bit because I did give respect to that TCU offensive line. That offensive line is really good. I didn't think that that three, three, five defense would be able to contain the Michigan run game as well as it did. And I also feel like, whether they had to or not, Michigan did get away from the run very early in the game and they started throwing the ball around. And I'm I'm going to go on my own rant tomorrow morning about J.J. McCarthy. You guys all know my thoughts on J.J. McCarthy right now. Mm-hmm. But you putting the ball in his hands as much. How many times did he even throw the ball? Uh, well, let's see. He threw he, the ball 34 times. 34 times and he also had a decent amount of dropbacks that's not what Michigan wants to do and I think what TCU did an amazing job of was make Michigan do something that they didn't want to do very early on in the game and it applies that pressure when you're able to strike early and respond early and all that stuff I just and like I said this is not going to be the place where I talk about JJ McCarthy's performance as a whole Mm -hmm. that'll be tomorrow but the fact that TCU was able to get Michigan out of their identity offensively is basically why I think TCU won this game. Yeah, I I think you're right. I think that that definitely was one of the things that, you know, when you talk about this game and and going into this game, what completely would have surprised everybody was what we saw. I mean, TCU outrushing Michigan, kind of taking what they do and doing it better. uh, Mm -hmm. And then, when they had to throw and, and, you know, they were, they were making plays. I mean, there was, we'll, we'll talk about this obviously, uh, especially, you know, when we get going here in, in just a bit, but um, you know, it, give credit where credit's due. It seemed like every time that Michigan would strike and be close and, and have seemingly have all the momentum TCU would do something, whether offensively or defensively to, to hang around, keep that momentum, you know, right there in their hands. They just, didn't give themselves a, a, a shot to, to lose this game, really. Yeah. And um, the last thing I, I really will kind of say or ask, I guess, is, BJ, in your lifetime, is this the greatest win that TCU's ever had? If there's anyone that's better 
I can't think of it like initially because I mean, when, when you consider, you know, how many people have, have doubted the frogs all year long and not really given us much of a chance, didn't think we should have been here. You know, I guess the only question to ask now is, so you were wrong. I mean, that's, that's all I can say is that everybody anybody, was it, wrong. Though. Yeah, <laughs> any, anybody, anybody that thinks that TCU shouldn't have been there is, is not, is eating a big old slice of humble pie to start 2023. And I, I got to get going. So can I just talk about uh, the Ohio state game, the Ohio state Georgia game here? Well, why don't uh, you go ahead and, and lead us off and we'll, we'll finish up where you leave off. Okay. That's number one. So I got, Talk about heartbreaking losses. I don't want to overreact, and I kind of want to weigh things. I don't think this compares to that 2019 Clemson game because I was really angry because I felt like we got jobbed. But in 2019, all year long around Ohio State, we felt like that was a team of destiny. We felt like that was supposed to be the team. It was supposed to be a kind of what everybody talked about the locomotives going towards each other with uh, Michigan and Ohio state in the big 10 nationally. We felt like it was a locomotive after LSU, especially after LSU beat Alabama where Ohio state and LSU were on a crash course to the national championship. And we felt like we were a better team than Clemson overall. We had been the better team throughout the year and we got ranked number two. They were ranked number three, the line between two and three was very, very distant, even if Clemson was undefeated that season. That one, to me, is probably more heartbreaking than uh, this one is. But you talk about a game that I kind of had a little bit of hope when I was so hopeless about this game going into it. And I'm not here... (laughs) At all to be like, I'm the victim in this situation. My team did not win and we never win these games. And and we just haven't been able to get over that hump of a national championship. Fact of the matter is, is I have a national championship in my lifetime. And I'm fortunate to say that when the other three people in this room cannot say the same thing. In fact, in my lifetime, though, I don't remember the first one. I've had two. But. This definitely stings, and I think everybody can understand this stinging. Um, But I give nothing but credit to Georgia. They're a really, really good team. I'm so excited to see TCU and Georgia. I'm going to be rooting for your frogs, 100%. I think it would be so great for the sport if the the little guy wins. Uh, I was going to say, I think think outside of maybe – and I even this, then I don't know necessarily that this is true. I think outside of maybe – you know, Georgia and Michigan, I think everybody else would be rooting for TCU. And I just want to, like, harken back to, like, when I was a kid, about seven, eight years old, Matt Stafford was at Georgia. I'm an Ohio State fan. Mm-hmm. The matchup I dreamed about in the national championship, for whatever reason, was Georgia versus Ohio State. And we got to see that on the field, and it was so worth the wait. This was everything that I ever wanted it to be. But the bottom line is I got I got two final things to say. Number one, we lost to Michigan. We got smoked against Michigan in the second half. 
I talk about team of destiny. This team's destiny was just not to win a national championship. We have all the talent in the world. We have all these five-star, all everything's. We got this great wide receiver room, talented running backs, but you talk about injury bug. That's a part of football. And unfortunately we, we dealt with it to the point where our two most explosive weapons coming into the year out for out or injured for most of the season because Travion Henderson played hurt since that Michigan state game and JSN, we all know what happened with him. And then it's just, it comes down to a 50 yard field goal where usually Noah Ruggles is at least going to give you a better shot than he did. And I love Noah Ruggles so much. He, he beat Utah in the Rose bowl. Mm-hmm. He's hit clutch kicks in his life. He he hit the basically game winner against Nebraska and Penn State last year, giving us a two-possession lead instead of a one-possession lead. And he extended this lead today to make Georgia have to get a touchdown rather than making it or, or keeping it as a three-point game and Georgia just needs a field goal to send it to OT. So all the love in the world to Noah Ruggles. This is going to be one that haunts him forever. It's, it's the old Scott Norwood thing, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you guys know what I'm referring to. Oh, yeah. Giant, giants yeah. up there, of course, it's got the benefit of that. And the final thing I'm just going to say is CJ Stroud played like I knew he was capable of. He, he scrambled. That last scramble to get him in the field goal range was just something he would never do. And that's kind of where I he, – he played the game like it was his last. I just wish he would have played more games like it was last, his last, specifically the Michigan game, like it was his last. It wasn't the reason we lost to Michigan, but just like last year, he wasn't the reason we beat Michigan. And sometimes you have to be the reason you beat a team. And he was almost the reason Ohio State won this game. Yeah. But mm-hmm. just close, no cigar. We lost to the champs. Hail to the champs. We'll see if it lasts <laughs> another, what, nine days? Or if nine days away. go ahead – or, or if Georgia can go ahead and repeat uh, no, and get eight, another year of this. Eight days away now. Eight. Not bad. So, week, yeah, that's my, that's my closing thoughts. I guess I could give you a – or you guys can give me an initial reaction, and I'll go ahead and head out of here because, like I said, i got to get going. But, yeah, just some closing thoughts from you guys before I go. Yeah, we appreciate the insight. Uh, Tyler, you want to start us off? Or? No, I'm good. All right. I mean, I watching this game. This was this was everything that I think we wanted it to be. You know, when you talk about wanting a matchup preseason and then you know living up to all the hype, there's a reason why this was you know the the more talked about game, the more hyped up game, and it lived up to it. And you know, you got to give credit because I I think every time that you thought that Georgia might be out of it, they responded. Well, and I think they're a great team with good reason, and and they handled adversity very well. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough to tough to beat them. It's tough to, you know, tough tough to slay the the king, if you will. But Ohio State very nearly did. Yeah, and I just I never got to that point where I'm like, we're definitely going to win this game. Like it's right there. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I never got to that point. I was just like. Georgia's been here. They're going to give it their best shot. It's still going to come down to the wire, even when we were up 38 to 24. And that's what happened. So thank thank you guys for your time. I don't mean to like crash this, but you guys have told me in the past, like anytime you want to jump in, go ahead and jump in. So I just wanted to jump in for two reasons. A, 
give you authentic reaction and be hopefully that will at least shorten my uh show tomorrow so that way i don't have to wake up at 4 a.m instead of 5 a.m to be able to do it so thanks for your time guys absolutely well tyler i mean I guess the only thing that I can really say is that, you know, it's not just Ruggles' field goal that we should keep in mind because early on, uh, it, both teams, both kickers, which are usually really good kickers, especially from, from distance, had trouble hitting from beyond 40 yards in this game. Uh, so it's not just, you know, not just the Ruggles kick. Unfortunately, that'll be the one that gets remembered, but the uh, – you know, Pud Lesney also missed two, one left and one right from greater than 40 yards. Yeah, I mean, it just one kick changes the season. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't have anything else to say. Honestly, I'm ready to move forward. All right. You want to move on past uh, the next slide, too, I'm guessing? I, I don't care. We can do whatever. We already kind of covered it, so, yeah, so. they already got covered. So yeah. no point. Kansas uh took it to the end, man. A crazy comeback to get it to overtime, but Arkansas 55-53 win. In triple in, overtime. Uh, yeah, in triple Penalty overtime. Penalty kicks. Yeah, I don't I gotta I gotta wonder why Kansas didn't keep the ball in, in Daniel's hands at, at, on that final play, uh instead giving the ball to Jason Bean, who then threw it out of the back of the end zone. I'm, just, uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure why you don't stick with your guy there, but that one is not something that I can say much about. But. I've got I've got two thoughts on this. Um, so first, the tight end in the middle of the end zone was open. If Bean had seen him, we, this game would still probably yeah. be going. Um, also, the second thing, you know, this is funny because I just saw this while we were preparing uh, for the, the show today. That wasn't targeting. The uh, suspension or, uh, for number 24 uh, is vacated if he has eligibility left. So not I didn't agree with the call there. And sure enough, the NCAA said that it wasn't targeting. And so I don't know what they were looking at in, in that replay system. There was – I don't know if it's just the Liberty Bowl itself is outdated technology or what. But I mean, you can talk about the the camera angles being obscured with fans. I mean, I I do enjoy this game, uh, but you know there there was some you know this it, honest the cameras were in very bad spots and very weird yeah. spots. It was it was just yeah, yeah. It, it felt like I was watching a game at South Dakota State. To be completely honest, it, that's just yeah. kind of what it felt like. Honestly, just, South Dakota people... State might have a better. Uh, Look, I, I, like I'm just saying, like it looked I, like yeah. watching an FCS game. Fans getting in the way. It looked like I was mm -hmm. watching something on it. What should be on ESPN, ESPN Plus? Instead. Yeah, it, it was. It's nothing against either of the teams. Liberty, nothing against yeah. the the Liberty Bowl. Nothing against the stadium. Yeah. It just they got to figure something very, out. It was a very weird spot. Like I mean, literally, there were fans blocking the uh, final Kansas touchdown. I believe in overtime. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, like we didn't even see him get catch the ball to score and, and convert yeah. the two point conversion. 
Yeah. Um, I believe it was a two point conversion that I'm talking it, about. The, yeah. It was the, yeah. the Daniels rolling out like on fourth and goal. Yeah. And then has the, the tight end wide open or whatever. Yeah. Wide I mean, open, exactly. right in the, in the near corner. But there's and, fans. And all, like, all right you see is, a, is, is, is a, fans. all you see is a, a Arkansas fan. He's like up and excited. And then he's like, mm. so you know, something yeah. good happened for Kansas. Yeah, but you know, just, at the same at the same time, this was a thirty-eight to thirteen game. It never should have gotten to this point. If you're Arkansas, you know, rightfully so. I've seen a lot of Arkansas fans that are embarrassed with this victory. I think this is a good sign for Kansas how they battled back in adversity. I hope they can sustain this going forward in the next year with with they, Lance Leipold. I mean, they we, were talking during the game, and I believe it wholeheartedly. The, the way, and that's why I'm bringing it up. They mm-hmm. were talking. Under under Leipold, they they do not feel like any game they get down they are is out. out of reach, and and they proved it. I mean, they brought themselves yeah, back into the game. I surely sure they lost, but man, what a what an effort to even get it to that point. So absolutely, it, it was it was very impressive. I, I'm I'm really proud of this Kansas team. They they have come a long way in just two seasons. Yeah, and and next year, maybe even two years. They're going to go maybe for eight wins next year and and maybe the year after when the Big 12 really loses the big dogs in Oklahoma and Texas. Kansas could potentially be one of those teams that, that is a dark horse on a year-in, year-out basis to get that to the uh, to the Big 12 championship because the teams yep. coming in are not going to be very good to start. I don't have a lot of faith in Kansas. I don't have a lot of faith in UCF. I probably have the most in UCF of anybody. And Houston mm-hmm. doesn't strike me very well either. BYU's just been kind of rough. So, I mean, Kansas is a legit contender uh, starting in 2025, if that's how long it goes. Uh, If not, it could be 2024. And that is a really good sign for this university. This is a team that hasn't been there. They still haven't won a bowl game since 07, I believe. Oh, eight, maybe. Uh, It's either 07 or 06. I know they, the one they won the Orange Bowl, that may be it. So, I think it was. But either way, um, mm-hmm. still not a bowl game winner yet. However, that 14th straight losing season, this feels like a winning season for this Kansas team. Yeah, and, and I, I expect right that to change this year. And they will be above 500. They will break that streak. I, I can. I have a really good feeling on that. Jalen Daniels with a Liberty Bowl record, 544 yards. He he, and, and every time it looked like he needed to find somebody, Grim seemed to be open. It was amazing to watch him sling the ball around in this comeback. You know what it was, don't you? Sorry to speak over you, Cam. It's because Tyler on Wednesday said, we're not going to talk about this game on Sunday. And sure enough, sure enough, the Liberty Bowl's like, hold my beer. Well, I said it when it was 38 to 13. So Exactly. Turns out the Liberty Bowl's had... Liberty Bull had more drinks than us combined. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, very impressive victory for Kansas, even though it's a loss. Just be, I, I, as much as I hate saying stuff like that, like it really did feel like this game was over at halftime and Kansas battled back. Jalen Daniels has a game of a lifetime. And I, I, even in that first half, he, he looked good. Like I, I thought, okay, yeah, since he's still pretty young, this Kansas team has a future. And then they did this. And as much as we all hate, hate saying it, this was just as much a Kansas victory 
as it was an Arkansas victory. Like, well, you and you don't look for moral victories in this sport. I mean, it, it but gosh almighty, it, it feels like this is is was a very successful season, as close as even though, get. yeah, even with six and seven, you know, you you just have to ask yourself. You know what happens if Jalen Daniels stays healthy the whole season? What could this if Kansas team have done to the rest of the Big Twelve? Yeah, and then going forward, Kansas definitely bright future because they're hitting the portal and the and recruiting well for the first time ever in program history, probably, and. I mean, it's really starting to show. I yeah. hope Leipold is able to hang around for a while because I want to see this happen. <laughs> I don't think he's going anywhere. I really I don't. don't think he is either. I don't think so. I mean, he's locked into an extension. I don't see him going mm-hmm. anywhere unless somebody really needs to make a hire. hire. So yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would say right now about this whole situation. Nebraska coach here, so. in two years. Which hasn't moved very much, by the way. I was going to bring up the coaching carousel early in the show and, and let you guys know that it's it's not moved. There's not really much of change, but we mm-hmm. obviously did not get to that. Uh, Oregon and North Carolina Holiday Bowl. Well, the best bowl game logo, perhaps. Perhaps. Just got the one of the best bowl games of the entire non-New Year Six uh, category. Yeah. I think we had just said the exact same thing on Wednesday about a different bowl game. But here we are. This is the game of the of bowl season so far. 28-27, Oregon goes down and scores very late in the game, led by a phenomenal Bo Nix drive. Yeah. Oregon, man, dark horse playoff next season. I don't even say dark horse. I think they're the favorite out of the Pac-12, other than maybe USC, to really get there, especially with Bo Nix coming back. Some of the portal stuff they're going to be getting. Mm-hmm. Look out. Oregon's going to be good, man. I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just think about what uh, – where would this Oregon team be this year without Bo Nix? I mean, just – you see that three and two and one score games. One of those two losses he was not 100% for. That um, was that Washington game. He got knocked yeah. out late, and they still nearly won that game. They won despite him not being 100% against Utah. Um, you know, it, it took – they were up big against Oregon State when their only losses – and he, you know, he helped them, willed them to that come from behind victory um, on the the road at Washington State. I mean, you know, where would this Oregon team have been without Bo Nix this year? It's possible that they would have been, you know, they still probably, yeah, they, they could have honestly <laughs> much, been. Much like Alabama, they're a handful of plays away from being seven and five. Yeah. Just as much as they were at, at from the, being, where they're at right now, 10 and three. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's just kind of one of those things, and and you really, I think you won't see a crazier play than that late first half interception that North Carolina got, and then the very next play is, is just a bomb. Drake May, you know, finding his receiver for the touchdown. I think it was Pesor. Uh, it was, yeah, yeah, uh, to put them up at the half, and you felt like for for a long time, you know, the way that North Carolina's defense and they, Oregon could not run the ball. Until you know, even with Bucky Irving, they were really struggling to to run the ball at times, and especially early in the second half. And give credit where credit's due to North Carolina's defense, but you know when they settled for that field goal and early in the the fourth quarter, made it a ten point game. 
if their defense was able to get a stop on that drive, I think this would be a different outcome. But Oregon gets a touchdown. North Carolina goes back down. They ultimately have to sell for a field goal and left enough time. They left too much time. Bo Nix and Oregon got down there so quick, they had to really get out of their comfort zone and go so slow so that they wouldn't give North Carolina and Drake May one more shot. Yeah, but this was this was North Carolina defense at their best in this game. We we thought that this would be, you know, like both offenses putting up forty points or something. That didn't happen. Yeah, it surprised me how well this North Carolina defense played, especially in that front seven against a very physical Oregon rushing attack. Um, we have not seen Carolina be able to do that much at all this year. As I was impressed goes. due to the number of guys going to the portal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what impressed me the most about this about this game for North Carolina. They have a lot of guys from their secondary going to the portal, and you can see they only allowed 200 yards passing. Yeah, I mean they they played really well, and I didn't wasn't trying to cut you off, but it's just it's mm-hmm. worth noting again how many guys are losing to the portal. I mean, we talked about Storm Duck a little while ago, um, or, earlier this week. He's going to Penn State. I mean, he announced where he's transferring. He wasn't playing. Uh, they were missing a lot of secondary talent and and really some defensive talent in general uh, with some uh, more transfers. But they were able to keep it together, and this was probably their best performance of the season defensively, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. and I I definitely agree with that because we've seen we've seen time and time again too many broken plays defensively for North Carolina. Like you look back upon a lot mm-hmm. of their losses. Um, I know that they close out the year with four losses, as it says there. Um, and a lot of that goes back to defensive lapses. And they culminated in this, like not, not just Carolina. Not just their losses, Cam, but you go back and look at their victories. I mean, you, that, you had the, the crazy shootout in week one, which was their second game against App. Uh, you know, they they – put themselves, especially early in the season, they put themselves in positions where it felt like the only way they were going to win is if Drake May kept balling out and and having a Heisman-level season. And he did. He just wasn't able to sustain that over the course of an entire whole season long. And unfortunately, I mean, you know, this one one is not on Drake May or their defense. This was just sheer will for Oregon wanting to come back and, and winning that game. Um, I mean, it was just a great game and there's really not anything that you can really hang your hat on as to what lost the game for either side, other than just there being too much time for Oregon's final chance with the football. Yeah, absolutely. Tennessee and Clemson played on Friday night in the Orange Bowl, the first New Year's six game to kick off this season. And Tennessee came out and just flat out dominated from the beginning. Um, Kate yeah. Klubnick, I see you there. Two interceptions. I see those. He did not play bad in this game. As bad as you would expect for a true freshman making his first start in a bowl game like this, this is not a terrible performance. I know what people are saying. I've, I've read a lot of it. He needs the chance – to get rid of the the poor decision making, which he's going to get a chance next season. Their their uh, early schedule is not very tough. Their non conference schedule is relatively easy for mm-hmm. next season. He's going to need a chance to play a few games to just to just get the decision making down. He's going to have all off season. He's going to have next season. 
they're fine at the quarterback position. The problem is they're not able to run the ball, and the receivers are too busy looking for penalty flags. Every single time they run a route and get any kind of contact, they're flopping, literally flopping, yeah. by the way. I mean, BJ, I, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yes. I can't remember uh, exactly what play it was. But then they just yeah. get up and put their hands up. Like, come the yeah. fuck on. Be physical. You guys are six one to six five. All of them are big guys. At receiver, and they're letting go, and and they are flopping down like they're getting pushed around. You're not getting pushed around. You're a physical receiver. Go up and get the damn ball. Um, but I don't it, know who's it, teaching it, them to do this. I really don't because they don't do this when they first get here. Joseph Engada was not doing that kind of shit when he first got there, and all of a sudden he's getting to this point. He's looking for flags, and it's happening with some other guys too. Uh, Joe, Joe, who transferred to USF last season or at the end of last year was very similar. Like he wasn't doing that. And then all of a sudden he was, and now he's at USF and he's actually playing pretty well, not great, but pretty well in the time he's seen on the field down there in South Florida. Clemson needs an overhaul on their offensive side of the ball. It's not because their offense is outdated. It's because people are teaching the wrong things. Yeah. That is what's happening. The run, the run game, non-existent. Will Shipley is a damn good running back. Will Shipley Mm -hmm. should be a second day draft pick, if not round one. To be completely honest, he is that kind of player. He is yeah. quite literally Border has the potential to be a Christian McCaffrey level player. Mm-hmm. That is what he that is literally what he has the ability to be. But he's not because the run the the line of scrimmage isn't doing very well. Um they're not winning a lot of battles up there. They has a trouble in, in some games, especially this one, against a defense that has not been very good all year. They've been kind of on the lower half of the of the country defensively and it, the balls have and they mm-hmm. just for some reason and they come out in this game and and they push Clemson around and I think they're just not fundamentally sound I think they need an overhaul at the offensive side Brandon Streeter has not been good their coaching staff all around has really been pretty bad their receiving coaches their offensive line coaches the only player who's actually played up to his potential and could play even better with some extra help around him is number one, Will Shipley. Yeah. Well, don't you know? The same way. I mean, he makes better decisions. This kid goes instead of 30 or 54, he could be 40 or 54 with 500 yards. That's the level of game that he had or could have had, but everything else around him has not worked out. Um, And and that's why they're just – that's why Clemson looks like they're falling off. They're they're more talented than 11 and 3. However, they're not going to be better than 11 and 3, and they're probably not going to win another 11 game season without completely re rehashing this entire offensive system out. That's what's I mean, going to, need to happen. We, we talked about it, and maybe a little bit of an overreaction to the way that this one went on Friday night, but it's very possible. You look at their schedule, you know, if they don't do something very, you know, not maybe not drastically, but if they don't make some changes and get some things figured out. They've got the potential to lose three or four games in the regular season yet again. Uh, their schedule is, is does not, you know, I mean, it, it's not necessarily overtly tough, but they've got some losable games. They've got tough games that, you know, um, that they'll probably be favored in. But, you know, th- moving the ball was not, not an issue for this Clemson offense. They were not able, when they got into the red zone, to capitalize. The fake field goal dumbass decision, you know, putting BT Potter in, in, you know, bad long field goal attempts when, you know, I mean, normally he's sure footed, but you know, you can't, you know, necessarily get him more yards and and make it easier for him. 
um, and he misses a couple. It just, you know, they, they got off on the, the wrong foot and their defense could only hold out so long against the balls. I mean, you know, maybe it is gimmicky. Even Tennessee fans are kind of starting to realize that it, maybe it's a bit of a gimmick, but it worked. It worked. Even with Joe Milton in this game against Clemson's defense, it worked. Uh, Milton had, I mean, the way they set it up with the run and just the run and the wear you down, wear you down, even though you're not getting that big popper going off against these good teams, you start to get them to creep in, creep in. And then all of a sudden, boom, Milton throws it a bomb, just, you know, beautiful throw to a wide open guy who strolls into the end zone. It, if it's a gimmick, fine. But if it works, you know, they're not going to go away from it. And so, no, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a high powered offense and they, and mm-hmm. it is successful. It is, you know, we talked about Alex Galesh and we talked about him leaving. It really doesn't mm-hmm. affect them because Josh Eiffel calls the plays. Yep. And we, and we just witnessed it. I mean, Josh Eiffel is going to be the play caller for Tennessee as long as he's a head coach. And for mm-hmm. good reason, this team, I'm not even concerned. Tennessee is going to be another 10 win team next season. Almost, yeah. almost undoubtedly. Just, the only things are they have a tougher schedule. Yeah. Some tougher places to go. They go to they go to Tuscaloosa. They go to Bama. They still get Georgia mm-hmm. again next year, which Georgia yeah. could be interesting depending on where they end up. And then and that's the last game of the uh, their SEC schedule. Like that could be mm-hmm. it because it's it's that game and then or it's the last game, SEC game for Georgia. They play that the week before rivalry week. So yeah, so that, Tennessee that, will go play that, uh, Vandy after that. So yeah, or should anyways, assuming I, I think so. But yeah. going back to Clemson real quick, I mean, their, their, their schedule is so, so simple. I mean, they have mm-hmm. Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, Notre Dame, South Carolina. Yeah. Two very winnable games to start the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, it's it's a matter of just, just getting it done. I mean, they this – what is September 9th? I don't know if that's – that feels like it's a week that's late. week two. Yeah, so I'm curious. I think I think they're going to play a, an ACC game week one, like uh, like we've seen the last couple of years. They'll probably play. It a might Friday be on a Thursday game. night. Very Especially well. It's, I mean, it's just it's nothing's uh, uh, put out there. Yeah, it'll be. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll we'll, probably we'll play the Monday night game or whatever. But anyways, yeah. uh, the, I think they'll be fine. I think that. Especially if they get a lighter game, but here's what I, I do think they're going to have to go to Duke. They're going to have to have some tougher games in there. Duke is the one game on, on their schedule right now that I think they're going to walk in and, and they may lose. It's um, very possible what we've seen from Duke. Florida so, State comes to town. That's not going to be a gimme, even though that's a home game. Yeah, um, and even even NC State, we've seen get some bit of uh, of a step forward, and now without Tim Beck, they may step even further forward. Yeah, I, I know oh, it yeah. sounds like a joke, but I'm being serious. No, I, mean, I know, it's but it's the, knowing the, knowing Tim Beck that that does. Clemson you know. is in a weird spot right now. They're in a spot where they need to either act fast and make something happen and change what they're doing offensively. Specifically, their defense is fine. You can give up 31 points in this game, but your offense needs to be able to score with Tennessee, which you should have been able to do. Tennessee's defense again is not very good. Yeah. You should have been able to step up and do this, and you didn't. So that's my biggest qualm with this entire game. Nothing is some congratulations, Tennessee. You win the Orange Bowl. You're back in in national relevance, really, with a New Year's Six win. Mm-hmm. Build if on that be, next season. If it be the Lord's will that we get the flags, that's what we shall preach. Calm I think that's from the – So I was going to say that's the book of Dabo. Let's – 
let's go back and let's let's make one very quick final thought. I know Cam and I didn't really make any thoughts on yeah. these games. That's so let's go back go and talk about them for, it. for a second. So this game here was controlled by Ohio State for the majority of the game. They didn't turn around and I don't know if you guys heard that. The dog just like growled in her sleep. That was interesting. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't hear that. Anyways, it was 38-24 during the fourth, and then Ohio State gets, gets a field goal to go at 41-35. And then it just like kind of Georgia walked back down the field and, and and eventually put the ball in the end zone. Setson Bennett led a great drive on that final uh, possession. Setson Bennett is not great. However, they have the exact same stats, uh, Bennett and Stroud. The only difference is a touchdown uh, versus an interception mm-hmm. uh, going one way or the other. And 50 more yards. This was a impressive performance from Setson Bennett. Uh, C.J. Stroud played really well, too. This was the first time I've really seen him willingly run the football uh, in times of need. That's, that's... And it was it was good. I mean, he got them in the field goal range. Now, what happened afterwards is not on him. He got them in the field goal range. This was a gutsy mm-hmm. performance from C.J. Stroud, which is what people have wanted to see. The Ohio State fans have wanted to see it. I've wanted to see it as a guy who's ready to watch him in the NFL and ready to see what he does in the NFL. In the NFL, even, you're going to have to run the football as a quarterback. I don't care who you are. Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, C.J. Stroud, Justin Fields, you have to run the football. Yeah. This is what he needs to do. And he did exactly what needed to happen. Emeka Ibuka stepped up big with Marvin Harrison going down with the injury. That was uh, very unfortunate. Part of the game, unfortunately. But it, yeah. you needed somebody to step up. And Ibuka stepped up big time. Great. Yeah. Great performance from Ohio State. They stuck around in this game when nobody really thought they would. I had a feeling mm-hmm. they would stick close, but not the way they did. Yeah, Georgia was just a better team, and they were able to close it out at the end. So, congrats to Georgia. You're going back to the national championship. You'll be in L.A. facing TCU, who we'll talk about here in a bit. And that's why I wanted to slow down. I wanted to get to this a little later. I wanted to kind of make these the last few games we talked about. Yeah. Didn't go that way, and that is what it is. Um, but... Still, great season for Ohio State. I mean, eleven and two, nothing, nothing to be upset about. I mean, it really hey, isn't. Andrew, only two losses are to playoff teams. Like, only yeah. two losses to playoff teams. This is a good year. Now, great year. We, I've talked a little bit about this. I think Ohio State steps back next year. I think they do. I think they're going to have probably two regular season losses. It's okay. <laughs> That's a landline. That is indeed. <laughs> that is a blast from the past. It's not 2023 I calling. It's it. 19. It's 1983 calling. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's, when you live okay. in a house with a with a 93 year old, it's probably bound gonna, to happen. Yeah. I was going to always have iPhones. Okay, listen. But <laughs> I, here, know, I know. Here's what I'm saying. I mean, Android right, is superior, anyways. Facts. Um, but no, Ohio State's probably going to step back next year. Probably win 10 games. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Whether it's going to be Kyle McCord, uh, Devin Brown, we we have no clue. This all, team is just—they're going to have Marvin Harrison back. They're going to have Marvin Harrison back. They're going to have a lot of guys back. It's just a matter of if the quarterback play is going to be able to get the experience they need to put them in the spot to win. And I, I don't know for sure that's going to happen. Um, so, and especially now with Wake for- or Notre Dame getting Sam Hartman potentially mm-hmm. from everything we've heard, I don't know if that's ever been confirmed. But with that being that the case, been. with that being the potential case. Notre Dame's a real threat to Ohio State. And that's early season, like early week three, season. week four. So. Early season. Michigan is a real threat to Ohio State. 
in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. Penn Both State. Penn State somehow becomes the third threat, but Penn State is only because they're going to Columbus. Yeah. The other two games are on the road. I think in order is Michigan, Notre Dame, and Penn State. Michigan mm-hmm. higher just because they're the better team than Notre Dame, but Notre Dame because of how early it is. Yeah. We're going to talk about that, obviously, in the offseason a lot more mm-hmm. in depth. Yeah. But early thought process going into the next season that Ohio State may take a step back. They may lose one or two games next year, and that's okay, Ohio State fans. That is okay. This You're guy just is not on fire. It's not. It's really not. And you, you'll be back in 2024. You'll be back right right where we expected. Unless, and not only that. Unless you make a stupid, dumbass decision like firing Ryan Day just because he loses to Michigan for a third time in a row. I don't think that, that's, that's about the only thing that could derail them. And if it does, they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. Truthfully. I mean, but, this is yeah. th- that would be that, that, yeah, they, they would deserve exactly what happens. Uh, yeah. The potential downfall afterwards. Could you chill yeah. out. Can, can we, can we just say, I mean, I know we've already kind of, you know, spent a lot of time on this game, but I, I just keep coming back to, you know, Anytime that you thought that Georgia might be out of it, it they weren't. You know, they get to behind down 14 early in the second quarter. You're thinking, wow, this is surprising. They answer back. They nearly get a, a Macintosh touchdown run. He gets turf monstered at the 12, but they just take it down like two plays later. You never count a team out who's won a yeah. championship already and then yeah. brings back a lot, especially when they're having the ball with about a minute to go, two minutes to go. Yeah. You don't count a team out like that. No. And when they scored with less than a minute to go, I said, okay, let's see what happens. Your turn, Ohio State. Yeah, and they they did everything they needed to do. And I literally said to my family, I was like, Ohio State's kicking a 50-yarder to win it. I'm, I think he's going to miss. It's sure enough. It, you called game. Left. Yeah. Well, I, I wasn't trying to do it to be an ass either. I mean, I no. was dead serious. I was like, this is going to be the spot where you miss. 100%. Especially after he made the first one. Mm-hmm. Barely, by the way, and I guarantee he tried to get more behind it to make sure it went through the second time, and it just yeah. pushed. That's a, that's what I think happened. It it sucks. I mean, that sucks for yeah. Noah Ruggles. That's a heartbreaking way to lose. I like yeah. I said, I'll take the way we lost over that loss any fucking day, because at least we I know we didn't come out ready to win the way Ohio State came out ready to win and then yeah. gave it up at the end. Yeah. So that's that's they, my personal feelings. So I'll say this. I've got another thing to, to say when we get to TCU Michigan. Do How big did that timeout that Kirby Smart called before the fake punt that would have worked for Ohio State, how big does that become in the grand scheme of things? Because then – I don't know because I didn't watch it. I didn't catch that part. Okay, that was – I think that was third quarter. My, my, my grandpa refused to watch the game, so I, I, I was unable to watch it because my phone was low battery and I was dealing with a bunch of different stuff. So okay. I didn't watch anything up until the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Okay. I went back and watched uh, highlights, and I didn't catch that in there, so I must have missed something. Or I, I, I thought maybe you had seen it on SportsCenter because uh, I know I saw it on SportsCenter too. I didn't. I, 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 I do remember I, that. Dude, like, listen, yeah. I have – at my parents' house – no internet, so I have to rely mm-hmm. on my phone. Here, I have internet, but when I got here, uh, I sports center was already off. They were on NFL countdown, and I was dealing with the dog. I I didn't have a chance to. So whatever I, gotcha. I watched was on my phone, 
and I may have just well, missed a highlighter or, yeah. or something go, like that. So go back in if you can, and when you get home, especially uh, back back home, home I should say, uh, since you are well, when, home no, right no, now. Listen, no, when I go to the place I live, <laughs> not that's not home, that's right? a house. It's not a home. <laughs> uh, it ain't even a house. It's a twenty square foot but room. When, when you get back to your normal setup, I should when say. When you get back to the prison. Yeah. When, <laughs> when you get back to planet B, no. <laughs> um, go back and, and I think check, see if you can find that. It's, it's in the third quarter. There's another play that uh, will be talked about for sure. It's I think it's also uh, it's in the second quarter where Ohio State's going for it, like at their own end, fourth and one, and they bring in a man in motion, and then he comes and blocks. They have the first down on a Stroud rollout to the right side, but because he was not set, he was still moving and, and headed up to, to the line to block before the ball was snapped. It's a legal uh, motion, and it gets wiped off. Ohio State has to punt it away. It turns into a Georgia field goal. Now, Ohio State did go down and retake a 28-24 lead going into yeah. halftime after that, but, I mean, in a one-point game, you look at anything like that, that getting three points behind you, that could have really been – one of the differences in the game. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that mm-hmm. fake punt definitely is where momentum started to swing back moment to, to Georgia. My mm-hmm. goodness. Can I speak? Um, no. <laughs> anyways. Um, but yeah, happy freaking new year. Punt, <laughs> right. That, that fake <laughs> punt. definitely. Happy new year. Here's a stroke. <laughs> Like I said at the very beginning, congratulations, TCU. You deserved it. You come out and you absolutely whipped our ass from the beginning, from the kickoff. It, it was not our game to win. It was our game to survive. And, and we didn't survive. We didn't even come close. J.J. McCarthy's two pick sixes were <laughs> brutal, to be completely honest. Yeah. Um, at times where they weren't needed, uh, one of which was a – complete cardinal sin as a quarterback mm-hmm. you can't throw an out route across the field you can't yeah. you never throw an out route across the field unless you're rolling that direction yeah he wasn't rolling that direction as a matter of fact he was standing there and man coverage you got to read that um that play for jj mccarthy that's something he's gonna have to learn and, and bounce back from himself this uh, i i'll give him credit here when we get towards the end of me just talking about this, but the second pick six, I didn't catch because I was taking the dog outside. I come back in after the kickoff and it was, see the it very was, end, and it, I didn't really. It was, I think it was just uh, like, I, I it, it happened so fast and the camera didn't even catch it fully. So oh, I, I know what he was you. doing. He was, if it's what I think it was, he was trying to throw a slant route to Colson Loveland. Mm-hmm. When he had somebody over the middle, it, it was just a bad read. Yeah. Honestly, it was yeah. a terrible read. Um, I'm not mad. I am not going to say what I've heard said. This kid, this kid wants to win. He's out here. Oh, yeah. and he is a winner, by the way. He has not lost a regular season game since he was in high school. Uh, probably even longer than that as a starting quarterback anywhere. Mm-hmm. The, he, he's he a is, very good quarterback. He is yeah. phenomenal. That, those were his fourth and fifth interception of the season. Uh, two touchdowns do not put him where he needed to be. It puts him at 22 on the season, which is a great set of numbers for a Michigan quarterback. Mm-hmm. I expect I expect probably six or seven more next season, to be completely honest. And Ronnie Bell played great, especially when they moved him to the slot. It started working well. Donovan Edwards was good. 
it just all couldn't come together the way it needed to when we needed it the most. There were some play calls, like I said, that I know it's controversial. It's controversial both directions. I don't know how you call that touchdown uh, to Roman Wilson back one way or the other, whether it was whether it was called down at the one or a touchdown. They called it a touchdown. I don't know how you don't call it a touchdown and leave it that way. There was no angle that I saw, and I still haven't seen an angle that proves me wrong. Let alone proves to me that he was in. There was nothing that proves either direction in my mind. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you don't leave the call as it was on the field. It's the same way with that fumble recovery that we did end up getting later in the game. I don't know how you how you could have changed it. Uh, that's my opinion. I'm not saying that that completely threw us out of the game. We were probably, I guarantee, if we would have even scored on that next play either, that we may have given up a touchdown anyways. It, it seemed to be the, the story of the game was that every time we would score, DCU would answer one back, especially when we would get it within one. Mm-hmm. We could not keep ourselves in this game to save our life, whether it was a defense, the offense making stupid mistakes. Uh, JJ mm-hmm. specifically made terrible mistakes in this game. The Every direction you went, there was there was something that went wrong for this for this team. Yeah, the targeting call or no call at the end, fine. I don't care. I didn't want to bail out on a play like that, anyways. To be honest, that was absolutely miserable. You, I mean, just all around. It, this was this was a, a team that got hit in the mouth for the first time really all season. The way they hit everybody else in the mouth mm-hmm. and folded. They've been hit before. Ohio State jumped out early. Um, Illinois was hitting them, but not hitting them as hard. And it just looked like they we had no answer for the as hard as TCU came to play. So I'm expecting something to be fixed in the offseason. I'm really getting tired of losing these damn bowl games, especially the ones that matter like this. We've lost New, New Year's Six Bowl games late because of dumbassery. Uh, we got blown out by Florida State in the, in the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl in 2018. We, we got fucking dominated last year by Georgia. And we came out not ready to go in this one. So while I trust JJ and what he said yesterday, he said one thing in the press conference. People are mad about it for some reason. I don't understand. He walked in and said, said, look, we'll be back. I promise. Walked out. I mean, you don't have much more to say when you when you made these mistakes. You're going to go reflect and you're going to go get things figured, figured out yourself. I, I have no problems. Max Duggan did not play good, but the rest of the team willed them to the win. If you told me Max Duggan went 14-29 for 225 and two touchdowns, I'd be like, okay, we win 45-14. That was my opinion. Yeah. But it took big plays from everybody else and the defense, and it, it turns around. This, this is, again, not me trying to discredit any part of this. This was TCU's game, and they came out and took it. On here's, the, here, here, here's what I'll say, because <clears> – <throat> You know, it's it's going to be said. And I know it won't be said by you because, you know, I mean, you and I, we've got a whole lot of respect for each other. We are trying to do a fantastic thing here with this show. And you and I both said when this matchup was announced, to the winner, go the victors, go the spoils, best of luck. Hope it's my guy. Hope it's my team. Yeah, It wasn't your team, but it damn sure was close. I, I want to say two things, really. Officiating did not determine the outcome of this game. No. No. No yeah. way. Because there one of, at least yeah. one of the picks that Duggan threw, there was, he got there early and was being held. That's that's should have been a pass there was interference. TCU first down. Both ways. Like, yeah. And, and we, we, 
yeah, we were we were told by our friend Clay, who you've seen if you watch Loudmouth Quizzes, to expect that because it was an SEC crew. It was the same crew yeah. that did the Alabama Tennessee game. So it, we, we it knew was absolutely terrible. And so here's a thing, and I'm actually going to quote something that I I read this morning uh, and said okay. this morning. But I'm going to go back and I'm going to find it for myself uh, because I'm going to bring it up with you guys and see what you think of this now. Okay. If you can find it real quick. If I, not, have it. I, I have it. Okay. I, I'm on right. Twitter right now. I'm on his page. Uh, I just need okay. to get to the specific thing. Okay. Joel Klatt, specifically, on mm-hmm. Twitter last night, said, replaying college football is broken and targeting fouls equally broken. Clearly a touchdown in first half, 100% targeting, and I hate targeting at the end. Officiating college football needs an overhaul. No reason that for every conference to have their own officials should have a national officiating base. I do agree with that. I'm, I'm absolutely 100%. I, I don't know if, if I necessarily think that it was targeting 100%. There, there are multiple ways that we could, you know, that there we could are, be here all day. We could. We could be here all here's, day. here's what my thought process is, and I've explained it to you through text, but I'm going to explain it for everybody else. Yeah. Because the rule of targeting is it, any of the above. Forcible mm-hmm. contact to the head and neck area, leading with the crown of the helmet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then well, what's the other one? Uh, defenseless player, if I'm not mistaken, is, is the other like big one. Defenseless player, yes. Yeah. Yes, there were mm-hmm. two within this specific play in question, mm-hmm. leading with the crown of the helmet. Practically, if one, if, if I don't remember who had the ball, I think it was Colson Levelin, but I can't say for sure, so mm-hmm. don't worry if i'm wrong who who ha- uh edwards had, had given the ball yeah to? Tossed it to i think it was which, colson loveland which, which um, is that do you think that that was an illegal forward pass or because i thought it had the ball had crossed the line of scrimmage I and then it got passed around i don't know like i legitimately when that one when that, is something that is hard for me to say because i don't mm-hmm. know where so I it's know so, it's such a mad was. scrum of I know everything. where the line of scrimmage was, but I know mm-hmm. because it was pass protection, the offensive line had already moved back mm-hmm. um, into that protection. So I don't know. I know the ball got to the line, like the O, o and D lines. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it got to the technical line of scrimmage, though. It got to the trenches. It, I don't know that it got to the line of scrimmage. I'm not here to talk about that part, but what I am yeah, here to talk it's, about It's is such a mad scrum. The hit at the end was crown of the helmet. That is unquestionable. His face, his face mask was to the ground when he made the hit, and it was technically head or neck area. Now, I know he hit right around the nameplate, but that is just mm-hmm. the bottom of the neck. That is high, a high hit. I know he was going down. However, it does not matter if he hits the ground. They call targeting on slides, on yeah. quarterback slides. I don't believe that matters. It's really about the hit, and the hit is what is questioned, not where the ball is or who's on the ground or anything like yeah. that. So with that, by definition, yes, that was targeting. By the rule book definition, that's targeting. Now I understand they don't want to they don't want to impact the game. They don't want to, you know, they didn't call it on the field, which I initially at very first look, I said that's targeting. That is the rule of targeting, the definition. They didn't call it. They didn't. They replayed it and didn't call it. That's fine. That's the first time I thought that anything they didn't call should have, should have, uh, or was uh, being overturned. <laughs> well, that was the first time that I was like, 
Well, good for them for keeping their opinion on this one, honestly, because I was I was pretty pissed off at this point about the multiple other overturns that had kind of gone against us. Mm-hmm. So this point, I was like, you know, at least they stuck to their opinion. That's fine. I just that in my mind was a clear targeting call. I don't like yeah. the penalty. I think the penalty's stupid. Um, I understand the safety aspects, but I think the penalty itself is stupid. I think the everything it affects. Again, I'm glad it didn't yeah. affect the outcome of the game. I, I didn't want a targeting call on a play like that to begin with because that play was fucking dog shit from the beginning. Yeah. So, so it the thing that the thing that I'll is. ask is even, and I, I know that your answer is going to be the same as mine. Even if that was called, do you think it changes the outcome of the game? I think likely not. Do I think what? If if that, that no, I, I'm saying targeting. Even if that had been overturned and called. Does that change the outcome of the game? I say likely not. It could have. The way the sec- the offense was humming in the second half, it could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that certain that specific possession was not that way, yeah. but the way the offense was rolling in the second half, it was almost like that. There were a couple plays where it was bad, and then all of a sudden, bang, one big play, and they're right in business. Yeah. It the thing it that could I think have that- been different. I know that you don't. I understand not wanting to think so. I don't believe it will really changed anything. I don't believe it would have. However, there is no telling. And I'm not really yeah. one for the what if game on this one. Yeah. So absolutely. I, I, I don't. I the thing don't that I think, the thing that I think hurts the most, more so than, than anything, whether that should have been called or not. Why did Harbaugh wait so long to call his timeouts on that last TCU drive? You had multiple chances well, to stop the clock, and like with with you know when when your dad is saying what are we doing, Jim, or you know or or whatever to you know because it's like you know tick 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 down under two minutes, down under one minute, and and then finally start using those timeouts after the you know the first down run, and then they get to the fourth and one with the pass to Quentin Johnston. You use your timeouts before that. Maybe they don't get the first down. Maybe they do, but. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know how much time does your offense. I, I agree need? with how I agree with how he did it. If he would have called those timeouts and that first down would have been gotten to begin with, either the game was over, and or we get the ball with even less time. So I like the way he did. It. I don't think there's a better way to have done it. That's the way I would do it. That's the way I do it all the time on NCLA 14. I know that's a stupid thing to quote, but that is what happens. Well, yeah. when I'm playing NCLA 14, if I'm if I'm down and trying to get the ball back. If I think a team's going to get a first down, like if they get six yards on that first play, or seven yards, or if they, we have second and really that, four or less, I do it, second and four or less, yeah. I let them. I, I wait if they get the first down. Then after that first down, that's when the timeouts start coming in. Yeah, that's how I would have done it. I don't think he was wrong. I think that was the exact way you should have done it, because once again, you use those timeouts, and then the first down happens. I because you can't play yeah, what if assume game. assume everything works the same. It's either game over or we get the ball with 20 seconds. Yeah. I'll take I, what I, I just I'll I take just don't, the ball with a minute. Yeah, I no, I, I I understand. I just it struck me as odd because I mean, yeah, I get what you're In saying. Playing out the same. Having no timeouts with less than two minutes to go and having is the ball not undoable. Is not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Stops every first down, stops out of bounds. Nope, I don't care. I don't need that. Yeah. Uh, we don't we don't really need the timeouts, but you have to be getting first downs. You have to be getting out of bounds. TCU did a great job of defending the sidelines and, and yeah. really trying to keep everything up the middle. 
Yeah. It, it just, again, it, it wasn't our night. Bottom line, I think it wasn't our night. I think it wasn't going to be. I had a weird feeling right before the game started. I was like, man, this is going to go. Like, I, I feel like this is not going to be good. And it wasn't. I mean, it just ended I, up being that way. I don't think it was because of my own thought. I just think that's what I had in mind. I was like, man, this this feels like it's going to go the wrong way for some reason. Prepare for the reason. worst. And hope yeah. The and, and I, I was I was first, the same way. I, I didn't play, think I that like, it was. The first play, I was like, oh, okay. You know, we're, we're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. And then after that first, after that, whatever the fuck I watched on fourth down, I was like, that's it. I was like, I was like, we're going to do shit like this all night. And it's going to look. Where's going to lose? I mean, I, 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 I was the same way coming in. I just, I thought that we had a chance. I wanted to be competitive. I didn't think we were going to pull that out. I just thought yeah. that there was too much talent. And, and I mean, we varied. I just, damn I, near nearly told, again, that penalty, that, that call back touchdown, I think mattered in the end. One, it was a touchdown we needed to win mm-hmm. the game. But yeah. beyond that and far beyond that is, you know, we went insane in the second half. If we could have gotten any kind of momentum going before mm-hmm. the half, other than the fucking sixty-yard field goal, which is great, but we could have yeah. used more, and we didn't get it. So it's just, it, it sucks to know that that's why or that is what we lost by. You know, if we would have lost by two scores, I'm like, oh, whatever. I mean, we still needed more than that, yeah. but we lost by one score, which was the touchdown that we didn't get, and literally, consequently, fumbled. Yeah. And that, I think that's where I was most frustrated. And I'm frustrated with the officiating 100%. I think it was a, a bullshit game all around officiating wise. But again, you got to win. You got to take it out of the ref's hands in, in a game like this. I've said that to Colin multiple times about Ohio State losses. Yeah. So that's yeah. everybody. You have you yeah. can't put the game in the ref's hands. And we yeah. did. And unfortunately, it, it went against us. And that's how that's going to go a lot of yeah. times. Last two things I wanted to say. At the end of the day, refs didn't give up 37 to TCU's offense, which was a season high from Michigan's defense. And secondly, I mean, you know, it's just I, – I forgot the second thing, but, I mean, I'm sure it was important. I mean, like I said, I mean, you could, you could say that as much as you want. They didn't. And yeah. what have I said this entire time? They did yeah, the refs played a part. They're not why we mm-hmm. lost. They will never yeah. be the reason we lost, in my opinion. Yeah. And I'm going to stick to that. I've stuck to that the entire time. I said it after the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, we got our ass kicked. So at no point will you be able to tell me that I am blaming the refs for our loss. I am just telling you how it is on both sides. Yeah. And and it was, wow. it was at least the, the thing I'll say is that fishing was terrible for both, both sides. I'll say that. Yeah, it just impacted one a little more, but I, I get Unfortunately, it. yeah. Anyways, on to tomorrow's games, uh, the final games before the national championship, all tomorrow, the New Year's Day bowl games that are going to be the New Year's Day after bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um, just like 2017. State, yeah, yeah. Mississippi State and Illinois are, are going <laughs> at the first game tomorrow, high noon down there in Tampa. The ReliQuest Bowl, formerly known as the Outback Bowl. I wish it still had the Outback name, but that's fine because mm. I wanted free bloom and onion for the Big Ten winning. But anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I since I don't have to care about what I what I get to eat because I don't like shrimp that much, I'm going to take Mississippi State. I think that Mississippi State's coming out here motivated. Um, this is a big deal for them. Uh, Chase Brown's not playing. Tommy DeVito is playing, but I don't think DeVito is going to be able to do as much without a run game or at least a consistent run game. Give me Mississippi State. 
and what will undoubtedly be probably the most emotional win this entire bowl season. Yeah, Mississippi State is going to come out and honor their late head coach with everything that uh, everything that he he wanted and 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 so much more. I I, I think that you know this is going to be it's only fitting. They're playing in a stadium with a pirate ship in it. I know, and yeah. we were so yeah. looking forward to Leach coaching at a, a ship a stadium out of the ship. Be on the pirate ship. <laughs> yeah. He, he might have been. He might have been at least for a gimmick, but I don't think that that was. Uh, but anyway, I, I think this is going to be a very emotional game, obviously, and I I think Illinois is more checked out of it. I think Mississippi State gets a win for for their late head coach, and I mean, if if we're we're probably going to be w- trying to watch multiple things tomorrow. Whatever they do to honor Mike Leach uh, before the game might make you choke up. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, look, look, I, I know, I know, I had a rough day yesterday. Michigan lost. South Carolina lost the day before. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about that, but I don't really want to. <laughs> we, we, I mean, there's uh, there's other games that we can talk about that we didn't mention. I mean, the craziness in, in El Paso, insane two this, games on on Friday, man. That those fr- both, Friday's uh, game. I mean, outside of maybe NC State and Maryland, they were that one wasn't entertaining. And that was that was defensive, because, yeah. And I I will say I was wrong. I, I went into that game and it's, it's right before that game started, I was like, Billy Edwards is gonna is gonna own this game. Like his name's gonna be all over it. It wasn't. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was a defensive. Its names were all over it. Um, but yeah, I I will say, rank one hundred and one going into tomorrow, a chance to finish top one hundred in bull mania. That'd be insane. Be I will I will make sure that stays up to date for everybody. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but uh, and I got to take what I can get here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Cam. But- for the same reasons, give me Mississippi State. This game is just going to mean so much more to them than keep it above them. my bed. I, I didn't even mean through that time. I was moving my mouse and it just happened to be I tapped the thing. Whatever. Anyways, Tulane and USC. This is one of the most intriguing matchups to me because I love what Tajay Spears is able to do. I like this Tulane offense really, really well. Uh, they've never been to the Cotton Bowl. This is their first chance. However, they have not seen, much like everybody said about Michigan, they have not seen an offense like this USC offense. Nobody in the American Athletic Conference can compare to what this USC offense does. I think USC is going to get out front. They're going to force a couple turnovers in this game that kind of give them a chance to pull away. I'm going to say USC by probably 10 to 14, somewhere, a two-score game. Yeah, this is... I mean, this feels like a mismatch, unfortunately. I, I'm hoping that Tulane can be competitive in this game. I, I just don't know if, if their defense is going to be able to get enough stops, and I don't think their offense is going to be able to put up enough to be competitive. I think USC's defense is going to give up some points. I, I just – it depends. Honestly, this USC team defensively has lived and died by how many turnovers they create. If Tulane can keep the, you know, keep the rock and not turn it over – they might have a fair chance of hanging around. I think USC's talent is just too much at the end of the day to overcome. So I'm going to take the Trojans as well. Coming into the bowl season, this was easily one of the most intriguing matchups. You have 
Tulane and their offense there. Um, and the uniqueness that is that offense. Sorry, versus... Daniel Jones passing touchdown. My bad. Didn't want to get too. You watching Red Zone? Uh, no, well, I'm not, but I'm watching ESPN. I will put Red Zone on when I'm done with this, though. Yeah, gotcha. for sure. But playoff I, spot, baby. I imagine that this is going to be a close game, though, um, just because we've seen this USC defense struggle at times throughout the year, and I, I don't have that much more faith in them, especially after seeing what Utah did, which is probably the most similar team to Tulane offensively in the Pac-12. Uh, most similar. They're, I know that they're still very different. And um, I'm still going to take USC, though, just because of that offense. I think it, this game is going to be a shootout. It's going to be a close game, but give me USC. All right. LSU and Purdue. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this game. This game is actually getting really boring with Aiden O'Connell not playing due to being uh, going for the draft. Um. I think this is also a 12 p.m. game. Yeah. uh, Well, either way, I'm pretty sure O'Connell's missing it due to entering the draft. I I could be mistaken. Could be. I don't believe I am. Mm -hmm. I need to watch her. She just got up, and I don't want her to piss all over the floor. No, it is because it kicks off 11 a.m. my time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. Either way, that's fine. That's fine. Here's what I'm going to say. LSU is going to win this game. I think there's a better team. I think they're better defensively. I think they can. They have the guys on defense to be able to stop this Purdue offense, specifically Charlie Jones. If you stop Charlie Jones, the game's over anyways. LSU will get a 10-win season in their first year under Brian Kelly. Who would have thought you'd say that? Certainly not me. LSU should be you know, in a position where they could have finished 11-2 and two with their only two losses being to – Florida State, who ended up as a 10-win team themselves, and Georgia, who's playing for a national championship. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the other loss uh, come into Texas A&M, and um, uh, did, they took another – where was their other loss to? Who am I forgetting? Uh, they lost, so they lost twice uh, – Tennessee, another 10-win yeah, yeah. team. I forgot, yeah. I forgot about the Tennessee yeah. game. All that their was, losses were to great teams this season, yeah. honestly. So, I mean – Except for Texas A&M. Team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, th- this is uh, a really good spot for LSU to be in right now, getting a 10th win. Again, I've said it. I've been on record saying it. If Alabama specifically doesn't pick up a transfer quarterback, I want to continue saying it. LSU's in the driver's seat for the West next year. Yeah. After winning I it already so. this year. I, I didn't believe they would this year, but next year I had this feeling anyways. And now after doing it once, I think they're going to be right there doing it again. Yeah. Find a running back in the portal and or, or and or recruit a high caliber back. This yeah. team, this team stock rises big time. I think yeah. LSU is is gonna win uh this game and again 10 wins big time for, for this program after uh, losing Coach O and then getting getting old BK out there. And I'll tell you this, you know, because this is intriguing to me. Think about what this team could have been next year if Keishon Booty had, had said, you know, he stuck with his original intent. He yeah. said he was coming back. And then as soon as uh, – yeah. it, it's funny. I, I think – I don't I, think it's I the think timing. them leaving – there are a couple teams I have this feeling with and a couple of players specifically. I think him leaving is going to be better for them than him staying. Okay. 
nothing against him. He's a great player. Mm-hmm. I just think yeah. there's a little bit of the the added selfishness between a couple receivers in this in this room, uh, especially yeah. when they are not the 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 number one guy. Um, I think kind of gets in the way of this team sometimes. I think it got in the way uh, multiple times throughout the season, especially in their bigger games. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Florida State game, I think they lost because of some of the discourse in the locker room. We, we heard a lot about it after that yeah. game. Yeah, I think, that's, I think they did lose that game that reason. Yeah. So I think that, you know, in some cases there's guys leaving that I just think work better, whether it's their fit with the locker room and or their fit with, you know, the style. I mean, for, for Michigan, when Ronnie Bell goes, as much as I love the guy, I'm not worried about it because we have some really damn good receivers coming in to replace mm-hmm. him. And yeah. I think they'll be even better. They're supposed to be even better. And if they're not, there's going to be a problem that I'm going to have with the coaching staff at Michigan more than what I do after running Philly special on the first possession of a game. Because mm-hmm. whoever called that play needs fired, by the way. Um, yeah. yeah. So bottom line, I think. She's chasing her tail anyway, back there. I keep hearing her plopping around. And she's like, she's going after her tail. Anyway, LSU's the better team. I, I do think that this team is, is better, especially their defense is yep. going to have a really Absolutely. good uh, a really good opportunity to stop Purdue's offense. I don't think they're going to be able to really run the ball with Maccabee or, or get the ball to Charlie Jones. I think LSU rolls in this game, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and I have LSU winning this game as well. Um I thought Purdue might be able to keep it close, but since apparently I, I'm out of the loop, I guess. I don't know that yeah. you're 100% wrong, but I am making the assumption. There's not been an announcement mm-hmm. one way or the other as far as I know. I'll look into it more as to whether or not. I, can, I hadn't seen anything. But, yeah, either way, I'd probably lean towards LSU. Like, they want that 10-win plateau there, season one of Brian Kelly, so give me LSU to win. Oh, he will miss the Citrus Bowl. This is from December 15th. Okay. Announced Thursday. That, That's why uh, it was almost a month ago. Did, yeah, well, December I was 15th. Say, I, I quite, thought quite he literally. was playing. I think it was announced when he said he was going through the draft. It was kind of low-key. It wasn't really more so overshadowed by him going to the draft. Uh-huh. Anyways, interesting. Tomorrow, the Rose Bowl. Granddaddy of them all. Boy, do I love this game. This is the final game we're going to talk about, of course, uh, and then we'll get a preview all to ourselves for the national championship. I'm looking forward to being able to talk about that game in a clearer mindset. I think I'm pretty clear-minded right now after yesterday. Like yesterday, I was pissed off. Would you quit? Good Lord. (laughs) Come on, Callie. Just for a few more minutes. Yeah. Like yesterday – I was mad in the moment. I mean, there, there's a lot of reasons to be mad uh, at that yeah. game, whether whether it's at the team, the play calling, because, again, that guy's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, just everything in between. There, there were just there were so many reasons to be frustrated. But looking back at it, I, I have a clearer mindset on it. So I'm excited yeah. to get into that. But getting into this game, this is my favorite bowl game of the New Year's Six outside the playoff games. This is just a great matchup. Two physical teams, yeah. two teams that really came alive as the season went on. They both – Remember, they both struggled in week one. Penn State on a mm-hmm. Thursday night really had some trouble over in West Lafayette. Mm-hmm. And and Utah, Utah not, much, not much better. I mean, lost in the swamp to a team that went six and six. Um, six and seven, I believe, with their bowl game loss. Yes, six yep. and seven. Mm-hmm. This this is, this is, these are two teams that got better as the year went on. Penn State lost to two playoff teams. Utah lost 
to not playoff teams, but they they lost to some good teams. In my mind, I I'm going with Penn State. I don't care if Sean Clifford plays. I don't care if it's Drew Aller. I don't I don't care who it is. I'm going with Penn State. I think they're going to be able to come out here and get this done. Their first Rose Bowl appearance is 2017. We all know that that's the best Rose Bowl, the best classic Rose Bowl matchup that we've ever seen. I thought that that was uh, was that the USC year because I thought USC went to Cotton in 2017. I if this is the 2016 2017 season, maybe then if, it is because that, I don't think Penn State's been back since then. Maybe they haven't been. Um, I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't believe so. Um, so if they if they did, I I don't think I I wouldn't know. But anyways, what I do know is that they're. I think Penn State's going to win. Like I said, I just I, I have a lot more faith in their in this team right now, um, and I, I think that their DBs are going to be able to make some plays. Now I know Joy, Joy Porter Jr. is likely sitting out in this game because I think he declared. Kerry King is as well. Yeah, so it, it's going to be interesting to see what exactly happens in this one with the defensive side of the ball. But I think we're going to be looking at a game like last year. This might be a shootout, and this may. This may May top last year's and may even top that 2017 uh, Rose Bowl game between USC and Penn State. I think this is going to be a fun one. By the way, I did want to say uh, 2008, Kansas did win their bowl game. So it has been. It was uh, 08. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They won the Orange Bowl and then they beat Minnesota in, I think, whatever the whatever the guaranteed rate bowl was back then. I think Copper maybe. No, it was the Insight Bowl. That's right. They, that's right. They won the inside the bowl. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it was. Yeah, that went from like insight to Buffalo Wild Wings for a year, and then that uh, now cheese, cheese think, it, and now it's guaranteed rate. I think we played K State in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl one year. Uh, and we pl- we played Michigan State, year. and that was not fun. Um, Brady Brady Hoke's second year, I think it was 2013. We played uh, we played K State in that game and got fucking ass whooped so i guess it's not like it's a surprise for us to be losing bowl games but gosh um no anyway so i, I did want to clarify that from earlier Where? that doesn't matter for this matchup but uh, the reason i said that is because i thought that didn't they play um no okay who wh- where what bowl game did they play washington was that not the rose bowl was the Rose Bowl playoff that year? Yeah, that's right. It was because, uh, yeah. So they haven't been back since that USC game. You're right. Okay. I was about to say because yeah, I, th- I remember playing the playoff against Washington, but they played. They, I thought they played in a New Year's Six game. I thought they they did. But I thought they that was the, the Rose Cotton, Bowl. They went to the Cotton Bowl in the 2016 or in the 2017-18 season because that was the Cotton Bowl they played Memphis. No, that was the 2018 or 2019-2020 season. You know what? Let's just stop before we go nuts because I think I think I, we might both be. I was gonna say wrong on uh, the fronts here, so I think we'll just stop. I was gonna say no. Uh, well, so let's finish picking real quick because I. Oh, I, I oh didn't, you guys didn't go. My bad. Yeah, I thought, that's, that's all good. This is what happens uh, when we when we start going off track. Yeah, I know. I I, no, I guess it, reason- I guess it started that way, so it's only right we finished that way. The only reason I, I bring that up is because, uh, from what I recall, Penn State, you know, they've, they've had some experience in the Rose Bowl in the past, but obviously that doesn't really matter for this game. What matters, I think, is what Cam Rising is going to be able to do 
Um, I think he's I think he's gonna have a good game, and I've got the Utes pulling off and, and winning their first Rose Bowl in in what may be the last traditional Rose Bowl game ever. Uh, I've I've got Utah winning. I think that Rising's gonna have a good game, and I think their defense is gonna be able to keep Penn State bottled up. Yeah, and I have I have Utah winning as well. Um, not only with what the offense is able to do, just being efficient. Um, I I also think that this secondary is a very good secondary. And if it is Clifford, he's prone to make a lot of mistakes. And we've seen this Utah secondary capitalize all year off of quarterbacks who do make a lot of mistakes. And so I think that that's going to be a deciding factor. And like, even if you do go, if you do, if Clifford does sit out the game, you don't want your, you don't want a first career start against this Utah secondary. It's yeah, a very do. good secondary. Drew Aller wants to make a statement. Drew Aller is a pretty good backup, but yeah, I, mean, he, he he's, I think he's, he's still going to have some struggles. Hey, I'm just saying, if he's the one that plays. Don't be surprised. Yeah. Either way, it should once again be another fantastic Rose Bowl. Since it's the reason why they call it the Granddaddy of them all. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is yeah. my favorite. It's yeah. gonna be my, awesome. This is obviously the favorite bowl game for me as a Big Ten guy uh, growing up that way. But as even if you're not a Big up, Ten guy, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's someone awesome. Who grew up on the West Coast. I I absolutely love it. And I've been. Made me realize how much I love it even more than I already knew I did. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been Texas born and bred, raised here all my life. I still love the Rose Bowl. I watch it every year, regardless of who's playing. You just have to as a college football fan. You were born and bred. Yeah, I was born and bred, and uh, I had to eat I my way out, a, man. I, oh, I figured it'd be a hospital. That's kind of a weird innuendo. You're just, just, just leave me a loaf. Throat. Leave me a loaf. That's disgusting. Anyways, you're just still upset about yesterday. Right. It's okay. I'm, honestly, I know. Really I know. I'm, I'm really I'm not, messed, dude. I'm, I'm on today. I got a team looking for a playoff spot right now. Leading. Uh, I mean, if we lose to the Colts, you might as well just give it to somebody else. Um, I'm I'm but, interested in this Philly and New Orleans matchup. If New Orleans wins, there's a real possibility that Dallas could win the NFC East. I, disc- I didn't think that was still possible after we so, lost to Jacksonville. Not only that, they still have a chance at the playoffs, the Saints. Yeah, the Saints. Just, I mean, especially if they get some help from Carolina. Let's let's discuss something here. I'm going I'm to bring something up real quick. I know we've been going for a while. We haven't done our traditional show. It's kind of running a little long. It's okay. It's a start Sorry. of a new year. It's, it's, a, it's a good episode. New year, yeah, new so us. I wanted to go through our uh, – numbers right now in the in, in bolt picks okay. going into this it's next off. day yesterday was off now i'm not doing this again i'm not doing this to toot my own horn because i know where i sit i know i i, I am at the top of this leaderboard but the three of us together have really not been that bad i think Cam i was bad yesterday on. the past two yeah, days I, have been bad I, I got off to a cold start and then cam I, has been on an absolute heater he's 25 and 13 BJ is not quite as good as I thought. Uh, Twenty-one. It was 17. because of no. yesterday. I forgot to change the Kentucky Iowa game, and I think I I had a gut feeling about Kansas State, and that didn't pan out well. So I'm I'm not even going to worry about it. Yeah, I I will say I am the only person in, in our giant group under 
10 losses right now. I'm at 29 and 9. I would love to close out under 10. However, that 29 and 9 is good enough to put me at rank 101 in the entire world on ESPN's mm-hmm. Bull Mania. Why am I saying that? Well, basically, I need, I would like to close out below 10 losses um, and maybe get myself my first ever top 100 finish. And, and this group's first ever top 100 finish. That is what's cool to me. I don't do it for me. I'm really doing it for you guys and, and for this group, obviously. Like, it's cool yeah. for my name to be the one that gets it. Yeah. But I think it would be cool to get anybody from Loudmouth Sports on in the top 100, again, in the yeah. world on ESPN's Bull Mania. So, I mean, he did tell me, like, he did tell me the night before that he didn't trust South Carolina. And I, I mean, I, he, he told me I'd listened to him. And then I still thought that I didn't think that we were going to see what we saw from, from Tyler Buckner. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it, I actually, it, it, I had no clue he was even playing. I didn't think he yeah. was playing, to be honest. And I yeah. still picked Notre Dame. So it's just where he's, my he's mind been, was, man. I've been, I, I've been very fortunate. I mean, my misses were. My misses. I don't. Close. I don't even think the Jackson State one should count against you. Uh, yeah, miss Jackson State, which is fine. Every my like San, a lot of people did. My San Jose State pick was kind of a, a a miss, but that's fine. My South Alabama pick was a miss, and that's fine, and mm-hmm. a big miss. But Georgia Southern, a close miss. I mean, really, if they can convert mm-hmm. in the red zone a little better, they're yeah, that's that game. a win. Yeah. Uh, Ole Miss, if they cared, and I knew that how Lane Kiffin coaches bowl games, uh, <laughs> I would say that. That could have been better. UCLA lost by two in the Sun Bowl, and they and they had to come back. Dorian Thompson Robinson got hurt in that game. It was just fan, like craziness. Just we we yeah, and we didn't what? talk about it, but we. I'm could. telling you right now, Ethan Garbers didn't enter a transfer portal. He's here to compete for that job. I know Dante Moore's coming in. Dante Moore is yeah. not starting next year, but Ethan Garbers and Colin Schley are going to have a battle for that starting yeah. spot. Yeah. UCLA nearly got to that 10th win. They got a touchdown with under a minute to go. Just left Pitt a little too much time, and and they hit a their their kicker. Smalls hit a, an insane field goal into the wind yeah. uh, and won it. Uh, Ohio just, gets their first 10-win season without Frank Solich. Uh, mm-hmm. In overtime in the Arizona. Now, obviously, it's not their first. Yeah, and, and that was a big game, the Arizona Bowl. Unfortunately, nobody could watch it because nobody has Barstool Network. If you want to go to barstool, uh, dot com, I was able to watch com. it. I didn't, real, I didn't realize it was on there. Uh, yeah. Will you quit biting me, damn you? Jesus. Callie, come on. One for, one if, minute, please. 51-45 loss for us yesterday. So that, that one got me. Man, I was, just, I was so confident in our team yesterday. That, that, that's what bit me the most, man. I was like, man, this, is, this feels like that kind of team. And when we started, like I said, that first play, I was like, okay, confidence was legit. And then after that, it's, it's just kind of – only so. only one person in our bowl pick them pick TCU. It was not me. Yeah. Even I picked them. I, well, I picked TCU. If, on I can, here. if I can if I can say where I'm at, I'm either going to tie or I'm going to win the entire pick them, by the way. If I can say mm-hmm. where I'm at in terms of the numbers, I believe. Yeah. So that'll be yeah. guys. And you might might win the whole for the whole season too. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I mean I'm definitely I think I'm almost locked to win. Unless something goes wrong, okay, you can you can be up here. I suppose <laughs> she's being a real pain today. Yeah, we're being a real pain this morning. But anyway, there, there are five games left. Cam can pass you if he gets all five. But yes. I mean, I think I think y'all are picking. I, I think you're say, picking the same thing. Essentially. I was about to say, I think we have similar picks. So yeah, go bold, Cam. 
<laughs> but win or go home. Pick TCU to yeah, win it no. home, baby. I mean, anyways, just don't start me nuts. But with that, I just wanted to go over that because I think it's cool to talk about where we are. I mean, we're not – I know we're having some misses, and we definitely had some big ones during the regular season. Mm-hmm. But here in this bowl season, we've been we've pretty, been kind of pretty spot on, hard, right? especially Cam and I. So yeah, I was um, I was good with especially like said, no like last season. Bowl, no dig, or? no dig. It was just the bottom line. I mean, we yeah. we've been we've been really good. So that's that's cool to know. Um, I, I I've been so good the past to... two years. I w- I was bound to slip up and yeah. and go cold. So I'm hoping I can you get back into it next year. Found out. I guess. Another big, hey, another... I'll I'll take not winning the league if it gets a TCU national championship though. Another big announcement we've got uh, with the new year comes a new show. Loudmouth Weekly is coming next year. It is basically Loudmouth Roundtables, just re reimagined. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to be getting on here once every week and coming in and talking about the biggest news in the sports world, whether it's NASCAR, uh, Formula One, the NBA, MLB, NHL, NHL NFL. I mean, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a little bit of everything. We're cutting out some shows, obviously. We're taking away the jeez, uh, up to no good. Uh, we're taking away the we're taking away la- final corner. We took away La Month NHL. We took away La Month NFL, but we're bringing it all back in a reimagined way this year. Really looking forward to getting that started. That's this is our way to cover everything we want to cover without taking as much time out of our hands to be able to work mm-hmm. on these things. So I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to working with the two of you, along with some other friends that we've got along the way. Absolutely. And it's cool to be able to finally announce that we are kicking that off. Again, Loudmouth Weekly starting later this week, Um, if not early next week. Still yet to decide. Mm -hmm. Um, But really looking forward to getting that We'll make sure to send out some Twitter. I I just realized today's Sunday. Mm-hmm. It will be later this week. My mistake. Yeah. I thought today was Wednesday, honestly. So, <laughs> no, not quite. Otherwise, we'd have college football today. So, yeah, yeah. well, no, we and wouldn't have college at, football. Not NFL. Well, I guess so, technically. But if it was Wednesday, yeah. college bowl games might be over. So, that's true. Um, based off of the current calendar, not January 1st being a Wednesday. Yeah. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks for all the support. And we will uh, see you here in just. Uh, a couple of days with the national championship preview show. Thanks everybody. Yeah, be fun. <laughs>